You are listening to the audio portion of the QB Power Hour webinar series. The QB Power Hour is a free bi-weekly webinar series for accounting professionals presented by Michelle Long and Dan DeLong, who are very passionate about the industry, QuickBooks, and apps that integrate with QuickBooks. You can find out all the details about the webinar series at qbpowerhour.com. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Dan. Welcome everybody joining us for uh, another QB Power Hour. And uh, today we're going to be talking about niche nuances, real estate flips with Ita Faust. So she's joined us before, talked about um, setting up uh, property management and rentals. Um, and as we were talking with her, she realized that, you know, these individual nuances around things that are in the real estate in industry really de deserve a, a conversation about themselves. So uh, we decided that we'll have a twofer, right? And we get, we get Gita for, for two webinars. Uh, one will she be talking to is talking about the uh, rental property setup and, and how that works out. And, and now we're going to be talking about flips and, and investing uh, in, in real estate. So Michelle, tell us about yourself if you can, because she's actually cloned herself and she's <laughs> in uh, two places at once. So this is, uh, this is very interesting. <laughs> That's my secret sauce, Dan. Don't give it away. <laughs> Welcome Sorry. everybody. <laughs> Welcome everybody. My name is Michelle Long. I'm a CPA owner of Long for Success. Very glad to have you all joining us today. And I'm also very happy to announce that I'm a proud mom of a married girl. She got married Saturday night. So I am still tired and still recovering, but we made it through the weekend without any problems or any hitches and everything was wonderful. So I'm very glad to be here joining you all today. I do, however, have to drop off halfway through to help out with our VCon that Intuit is doing a VCon today. Um, so love to have you guys joining us for that VCon as well. If you need certification, go to qbtraininginvents.com to register for that. Dan, go ahead. And, and you were saying, Michelle, that if you, uh, you know, if we have people that are like, I can't be in two places at once at the same time, if they've registered for VCon, they can watch the recordings later, right? That's, that's correct for through the end of October. So even yeah. if you can't attend it now, it is good to get that live training and to download the handouts and supplemental guides that they have. Um, so again, go to qbtraininginvents.com. It is totally free. Awesome. Yeah, my name is Dan DeLong. I'm your co-host today, uh, owner of Dan With. I worked at Intuit for nearly 18 years. Uh, your co-host with the Power Hour as well as Workshop Wednesdays and the Chief Content Creator at SchoolofBookkeeping.com. Gita, fill us in on who you are again. Oh my God. It's, first of all, thank you, Michelle and Dan. You know, uh, Helping others is one of the best part. You know, what I received when I started my business calling Michelle and other uh, big uh, name influencers right now, they call me back at like around midnight and talk to me for years, giving me the confidence to start my own business and giving me a path for success too, building one. And I like to give back as well. So here I am. Uh, thank you again, Michelle and Dan, for giving me this opportunity to give back. I started my business 20 years ago, and one thing turned into another, and I ended up with a niche with the real estate. The reason I love real estate is because uh, they have other diversified portfolios and businesses like retail store, manufacturing, e-commerce, and the list keeps on going. So as I developed the niche in real estate, we got in more and more clients and became a family of theirs. So as it turned out, I advanced, uh, got certified. I'm a member of Intuit Trainer Writer Network, spoken at Intuit two times. We created multiple uh, courses um, on how to use QuickBooks on desktop and online for the real estate industry and segmented further on for rentals, commercials, vacation, and the list keeps on going on. How long, um, did, uh, how long did it take you to go into a niche? Um, did you find that it was, um, you know, right away that it, that it developed into a, a niche of uh, going into real estate or, or was it just, uh, did it take several years before that just kind of bubbled up to the surface? So it was a couple of years. I didn't know what a niche was. 
Everybody said you've got to get a niche, but you know, what is a niche? Nobody, it did, did not click in till I really got a real estate client and I enjoyed it. And once I enjoyed it, it's like, ah, oh, that's what it is. And, you know, it's a part of the businesses. You have to enjoy that industry and you need to learn from bottom up, you know, start in a real estate company from the bottom as a phone person, a receptionist, you know, um, that's what I did, you know, even though I had my business, but I had to learn the industry, the ins and outs, because you got calls from the attorneys, you got from, you know, vendors, you got from all these different people. And I started taking real estate courses and taxations as well. So I did just did not end up in being a landlord or taking QuickBooks uh, courses, but knowing the real estate accounting structure is really important to learn the nitty gritty of the industry. Well, thanks again for coming on again and, and sharing with, uh, with our audience about um, your, your expertise. And so just little details about the QB Power Hour webinars um, every other Tuesday at noon Eastern. Uh, so upcoming ones, we have uh, our next one will be making a statement with Money Thumb. We'll be talking a, a lot about the, 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 the changes in the bank feeds in QuickBooks desktop. So for all you desktop hounds out there, we'll talk a little, we've we'll finally given a nod to desktop. Um, and talking about that. And then uh, Money Thumb will come on and, and talk about you know, their solution. Um, I will have a panel discussion uh, in uh, mid-September about selling on Amazon. I'm actually going to have a couple of my clients who sell on Amazon um, and some of the nuances about that, um, what, it, what it's like for them, you know, because uh, we'll have one that actually does some manufacturing and one that just some, does some reselling. Of, uh, of, of goods and, and just how that is, uh, what kind of interactions you're, you're going to expect to see with selling on Amazon. And then by the end of, uh, of September, I hope, uh, any embargo with talking about QuickBooks Desktop 2020. So this is like within two power hours, we're going to be talking about desktop twice. <laughs> That's so, a record. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so we'll be talking about what's new in QuickBooks Desktop 2022. Uh, which is going to be coming out, um, you know, according to what uh, what we see on Firm of the Future, the fall, right? So I don't know if they're actually talking about the the, the equinox, <laughs> you know, the 21st, if that's actually the date, we, we can't tell for sure. But when it actually comes out, we'll, we'll be talking about what's new. Um, you have the links there for the handouts, uh, as well as the recordings on YouTube, as well as the, the podcast. So a little bit of housekeeping. Um, as, as you may or may not know, I am uh, doing all this stuff on location. I'm uh, currently in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, uh, but I only have one computer and one monitor. So um, a little bit of housekeeping. If you have <laughs> questions, if you have Q&A, um, put them in, the, put them in the, uh, the Q&A so that we can see them. If you have comments, uh, go ahead and use the chat. Uh, then, of course, you have the handouts available because everybody loves the handouts. <laughs> we were uh, we were talking about the VCon. Uh, that's a great way to get that supplemental guide uh, for the advanced uh, certification course. So um, if you haven't registered for that, that is a that is a great way to get the handouts there. But for, for us, we have the handouts available on our website, uh, the, the QB Power Hour website. Each um, each topic will have uh, the handouts for that day. Uh, or that we have a link for the all of the handouts as well. So what we're going to cover today uh, is uh, finding a way to your niche. Uh, so we talked a little bit about uh, that with, with Gita, you know, how did she find her way there? Um, the accounting basis, journey of real estate developers or, or flips, um, and what should or you should not do, and then just how to, how to build the process. So we'll talk a little bit about that. So with that, first, we're going to talk about uh, launch a poll. So uh, Michelle, if you could launch the first poll for me, uh, because I'm one monitor, I can't <laughs> see both. 
Isn't it hard to go back to one monitor? I mean, that's so uh, hard. Yeah. And think about how many years. Yeah, how many years <laughs> you only had one monitor. Um, Gita, yeah. so you were talking about how you kind of got into to real estate and as your mm-hmm. niche or niche, depending on where you're at. Somebody wanted to know what is your what was your first type of real estate client? Oh boy. So once upon a time, I did in I did I was a tax preparer. So my first client was uh, who needed help with preparing their taxes. So I, that was my first client. It was, they did rental and flips at the same time. And that's how I got started into uh, servicing where I saw was more beneficial to the real estate industry because their books were a mess. And I thought I could bring in more value when their books and financials were more accurate than filing their tax returns. Because my next level was to either, you know, stick with I knew where the aha moment was or taking my expertise to the next level with with tax strategy. And for that, I needed way more experience, way more education and uh, more you know, one-on-one with the hierarchy level of professionals, which was a total different expertise I had to build with a lot of manpower in it. So I had to decide where my sweet spot was at that point. Right. Of life, yeah. Well, and that's great. And I loved how you made the point earlier about you liked it. You really do need to like an area. And once you find that, hey, this is an area I really like, Right. Like you said, getting the education, becoming an expert, it really does help to have a niche. So, all right, I'm going to go ahead and end that poll and I'll share the results with you quick. 52% are using both and then 39% QBO and a smaller is just still desktop. So thank you all for answering that poll question. And Dan, you want to continue? All right. So we kind of did, did touch yes. on this, how you, how you did get started in, uh, you know, in, in your business in general. And it took a couple of years to to develop uh, uh, the, the, the niche niche. Um, so <laughs> talking about the, um, talk about the accounting basis, what, uh, what does that really um, involve with uh, when you're dealing with uh, investors and flips? And let, let's talk a little bit about that first, before we dive into that. Um, so when you're talking about flips, you know, like, of course, I, I always think of, you know, flip this house, you know, where it's a husband and wife couple, um, you know, they're, they decide to, they go to a hotel and they see this, oh, this is how you can uh, flip homes, make a lot of money and, uh, you know, retire that way. What, uh, what, what do you consider, you know, in the scope of, of flips, uh, of, of flipping or investing, real estate investing? So, you know, you guys all have all watched those TV shows, how to flip a house, right? What they really miss and watching YouTube videos, it's really easy because you're watching somebody else do it. When it comes to knocking at your door and when you're hands on on doing something, that's where you realize, oh, my God, it's not as easy as they say, unless you get a contractor to do the work for you. Even then, you need to manage the contractors. doesn't matter whether you are doing the work yourself or you're subbing it out, you still need to figure out your accounting basis. You still need to figure out how somebody is going to track their money, whether they're going to track it when they pay the money, pay for it, or what they have to pay for it. Of course, you already know the term cash versus accrual basis. One more thing in there too, is we use a hybrid method, which is beneficial to a certain point. So when you get a loan, you enter the loan uh, amount and the construction loan amount on your balance sheet. When you do that, it becomes hybrid because you're not entering all your bills as you receive it for your subcontractors or your electrics and so forth. So, you know, most of our clients are hybrid. We slowly switch them to become on accrual basis. The reason is think of it a of a construction company, right? They want estimates versus they have budgets for each project that is your property, right? And you want to know what your expenses are. So if you do it on cash basis, then you get your budget versus 
actual money spent, that would be your cash. And if you do your budget versus what you owe and what somebody owes you becomes accrual. So you see that difference. It's very important to give the client a comparison for both the books, both set of books on cash and accrual. Um, And it's a slow process. The clients don't understand it in the beginning, but you have to nudge them along. So if you think, hey, I'm going to get a client today and in one month, I'm going to have all their processes and procedures done, it's not going to work. You have to take one step at a time to make the change. You can't give them 10 things to make that change, right? And so it's a whole process. It takes anywhere from two months to six months to get the client onto your system and for them to see what they should be looking at at all times. So would you would you show them these reports on both bases? C's? Is that is that the word? Yeah. Ba- ba- mm-hmm. Base I? Ba- both bases. <laughs> Just bases. Both bases, and, I think. Both, I don't know. The plural, the plural is bases, right? Right, because they need to know what money they owe on a specific property. Also, so let's say if you're flipping, right, you need, if somebody comes and say, hey, I want to buy your property, I know you're still working on it, and which we have done, right? So how much would you take? Even though they know the market value, the client still needs to look at what their money, where their money is and what they owe at the end of the day, right, to really see what their profit is going to be. So tracking all that stuff is is what is the gateway to knowing that information rather than, okay, the project's over, now what, right? Right. right. Now you have this uh, this slide here about ask away. What do you, what do you what do you mean by that? Are you are you nosy, Gita? Is that <laughs> <laughs> you know that is my new tagline? I'm noisy and I am nosy and I am. Noisy and nosy, both. And so you should be if you're in the real estate industry because each piece of paper tells you a different story like any other business. But when you're in flips, it's a different way to look at your accounting, you know, where the money goes, either it's on the profit and loss or the balance sheet. And it's not as easy as that, you know, Only if you ask questions, you can ask them by starting, hey, what is your budget? If you get your budget from them for that property, what they foresee to spend to fix that property, that will give you a very good idea of what expenses they are going to incur in the future. So so each piece of paper tells you a story, right? And you need to figure out where it fits on the financials. And that's how you would build your process and process procedures for that. Working with a CPA is very important, close to close. So if you get your first client, your first thing is we will talk to your CPA when it comes to tax time. And you learn so much out of it. You may not learn throughout the year, but at the end of the year, when it comes tax time, you have to document what they're asking for. So the next client, when they come in, you're getting them ready with all the Q&A that the first CPA tax preparer asked, and you have a package together to offer somebody. You know, what we offer may be different than what you offer. Uh, these uh, the package of questions. Uh, are these available like on your on your website to be able to share with with others, or you know, to give people some guidance on on how to do this sort of stuff for uh, for uh, you know, if if it's something that is a niche that that, that people want to get into, right. or is so, it more of like a consulting you know approach that you take? So for my clients is. Uh, there are two parts, you know, one for the clients facing 
And then one is for the other QuickBooks advisors, bookkeepers who want to dwell into the industry, right? So we already have uh, a course that includes the chart of accounts. And during that course, I do talk about a lot of things, but not everything that needs to at the tax time or to build a whole practice. But definitely, if you're interested, let me know. I can definitely put something in together and, you know, help other advisors take the next level hierarchy. But when I talk about being nosy is even though in the courses, you have to go back to basics right? And you have to lo- listen to each and every uh, video and instructions because there are little nuggets that when you're talking goes in rather than writing it and giving an instructional booklet, you know. So um, you have to sweat the details and you have to bug the, you know, what out of them because having a process and procedure and sticking to it that is the key because when they want to buy another property, they go look for funding, whether it may be private or, you know, commercial, residential, doesn't matter whatever kind of funding, they need their financials. So if you keep on doing that and put in and ask the accountant field or do not know, that does not work. If you don't have the details, stop entering it in QuickBooks or any other software you're using. Because that makes the client realize that, hey, the ball is on their part and you need to make them accountable. So our job is just not being a consultant, CFO, controller, or a bookkeeper. It's making the client accountable at the same time. So you're almost like a, uh, like, a, like a personal trainer at the gym. I remember I was at the gym once when I used to go to the gym. Uh, <laughs> and there was, <laughs> there was a personal trainer who was... Uh, you know, making somebody grunt. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and he's, and he, and he says like every, I don't consider a personal training session a success unless there's at least one F bomb thrown out <laughs> by the client. So you, you, you're kind of looking along, along those lines of, of, of having your clients say the F F word every once in a while. <laughs> well, they know. Well, here's the thing. We like, have oh, few crap, clients. It's, it's her again. They do. Exactly. You know, and you can see the fluctuation of my voice when I'm talking right now. And this is what I am, even with my clients. I don't hold back. Um, and that's why I call myself, you called, started calling me nosy. Yeah, but I'm noisy as well. Right. Which is good. And I, that is now the first thing I do when the client is going to sign and send in the payment, I tell them, I am loud and this is what I am. You know, you if you want to work with me, you have to give me what I want. You know. And you put and you put all that in your agreement letter and, and not sure noisy and nosy. <laughs> <laughs> but you that know but you know, Gita, that is the key is developing that relationship with the client okay. and being their partner, you know, because like yeah. Dan said, you know, you're like a personal trainer or whatever, you're invested with them. Their success yeah. is your success. And so it really is important to develop that relationship to be right. able to say, This is what I need, and they know that you're asking for it and you're being nosy and pushy to get the information for their benefit you know so having that relationship with them is key and it really does help you then to be that trusted advisor and that partner with them and so all of what you're saying here i think is applicable to any type of client so i think it's great information that you're sharing with everybody so thank you you're welcome you're welcome shell you want to launch the the second I will Whole do question. that. I will do that. What kind of investors launch. are you most interested in working with? And uh, Sharon yeah. asked if we're getting into the specifics of QBO file maintenance or management for real estate. And yes, we'll be getting more into that in just a little bit, right, Gita? Yep, we will. Definitely. And here's a great question from Callie. It says, it's hard to scale when there's so much handholding. How do you deal with that? One of the things I think is important to realize is when you get a new client, Mm 
there is a lot of hand-holding and a lot of time involved with them up front. Once you get that client kind of trained and, you know, you get them started and you get them on the right system and you get the information you need. And once you get past the initial, like, let's say two to three months, it gets a lot easier and there's not as much hand-holding and not as much time required for that client and you train them better to where they know what they need to give you and what they need to do. So there's less time required as it goes on. You know what I mean? Don't, would you agree, Gita? I agree. And then they get into a routine also. They know yeah. what you're asking. Right. So right. there's one of one client of mine. Uh, we are pending since March, one of my biggest client. Um, and they, the partnership is splitting. And they want the financials. I said, I can't do anything. I said, you're pending since March. I said, we have to fit you in, which you know, because we send weekly reminders. Hey, get it updated. We send emails till they get it done. They know it. They have those in the inbox. I said, it's going to take us a month to get it done. Because it's not only about reconciliation. It's about checking each and every report out there. You know, it's about clicking those earnest deposit account and classifying it by each property, sorting it, grouping it, and checking it. So each account on the balance sheet has to be checked by each property. It's not only one thing you're doing. It's not like a consulting business that we are money coming in. Hey, we are offering this service. We are charging them. And that's it. We are moving on. Right unless you're doing job costing by each client. Uh, so it's the same concept. It's just, it's work is detailed. It yeah. makes you nervous when you have to click on that button, say, yes, it is ready for tax time. Oh, I know. That's my biggest fear. I hate yeah. doing taxes because I'm always afraid I'm missing something. Anyway, right. okay, I'm going to go ahead and end that poll question and share the results. The majority of you are interested in the smaller investors. Um, so you can see those results. I'll go ahead and stop sharing and let you all continue. And I will be dropping off here in a few minutes. So thank you, everybody. And I will see you in a couple of weeks. Okay. See you Thanks later, Michelle. Okay, Michelle. bye, everyone. Thanks. Bye. So this, uh, this flipper's journey, what, uh, this is not uh, the, um, the dolphin flipper <laughs> that you're talking about here uh, from the TV show. This is, uh, this is something else, right? Right, right. So you know what? You know, we had a poll for small investors, large investors. You know, we can work together, right? Um, we are all in here together. So I love big uh, investors who have more multiple properties and they uh, flip in a month. And that is more challenging for us. Um, and it is more fun as well because we see them grow very fast. Yeah, and Cindy, Cindy had mentioned in the poll or in the, in the chat here that she loves working with partnerships, S-corps that have multiple members but are not large businesses. Those uh, type of investors are, are more likely to listen to to what she has to offer do you find that larger firms are like well that's not, that's not the way that we do things here do they are they less likely or because of your style you find that's not to be the case you know what people have accepted us when we have given them a solution and which we are continually doing that um because we are not changing their business how they're fixing the house we are changing their mindset on how to look at the financials for each property, how to take the budgets and giving them a report, eliminating the Excel sheets that they're using, right? Automating that information is very important. And for, for us, you know, once they become a client, they are happy with what we have to offer. How long do you find that the honeymoon period is? And we talked about... Uh... Uh, Michelle getting married. How long does that, that first part take where it's a lot of handling? You know, we talked about scaling. Uh, how, how long do you, do you find that to, to be, or does it just vary from, from client to client? Some catch on quickly, some don't, some, uh, or do you, have you found that it's like one or two properties uh, and then we're, we're in the, we're in the, 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 
the phase of, okay, move to the next phase of, of our working relationship? Um, you know, it's not about the property. It's about their entities, right, that they build up. But once you start working with them, uh, transactions have to be fulfilled. You know, reports have to be checked. Whether you're doing it for one property or 20 properties does not matter. It's about your time, your expertise, and your resources that go into it, right? So it does not really matter whether it's LLC, S-Corps, or partnerships. It does to a certain extent. But if you're looking at it by property, it does not matter as much. It matters when you're working with real estate, whether it's a flip, it's a rental, it's commercial, syndication, you know, residential, it's vacation, and so forth. So that's where I think um, it's more of it. And we have big clients as well. One, we have one client who flips 100 properties, even in this COVID situation. Uh, and we are happy and they are happy. You know, they use QuickBooks Enterprise at this point. Yeah, so just tell me to move the move the slides along if there's uh, if there's something that you know is going to happen. <laughs> so I don't know if there's a <laughs> an animation or anything like that. So let's talk about the, the investors process. Right. Oh, yeah. Mm. Keep on going. So pre-purchase, right? So uh, when somebody is looking for a property, they it's a pre-purchase where they get the study, they get the engineers, they get the assessment, they get the inspection. They have to create a budget before they put a bid on, right? So that is your big thing. While after they put their bid on, they still have to look, they have to think about before and after where they're going to get the funding, right? It could be, you know, they may have partners, personal money, line of credits, or they may get the loans, commercial loans, depending on their situation. It could be private as well. Did I mention that? or mortgages. And at the same time, after they win the bid, they still need to go back in the house and create a second budget. You know, when you're looking and scoping a client for us, you know, as a consultant, um, we are looking at it, but until you dive into the project, you really don't know how much time it's going to take or how much resources you need. It's the same thing with the real estate industry. When you go look at a property and after you settle the property, you buy it, you still need to go, they still need to go and budget their expenses. And with that comes in the closing costs, repairs, improvements, acquisition costs, and other expenses as well. What everybody misses in the real estate industry and those big coaches do not teach an investor is accounting for overhead expenses. You know, they may be having marketing, lawyers, accounting, you know, uh, software costs and so forth. And at the same time, should they cost segregate or not? Now, if you look at it, when you're flipping a property, it is important for them to cost segregate to a certain extent because the next person who is buying the property wants to know when the appliances were purchased, when were they in, uh, installed, and when does the uh, warranty expire, right? If you got a roof, they need to know the date when the roof was installed, right? So that helps the selling process also. Um so one person, uh, you know, sold a house for $1,000 more because he already had a list of the main things that he had installed. He had installed a heating air conditioning and what date and how much he paid for with the receipt. And literally, I know you must be thinking, really, Gita? I was surprised when he said, I handed this to you. I offered this list to the buyer saying, okay, I want $1,000 for this list. Can you give me that? He's saying, if you have it ready, everything, then yeah, definitely. So he made $1,000 for nothing, you know? So the question is how much should we segregate and how much detail is very important. Uh, but you don't have to sweat that much of a detail like you would do in a rental situation if you're when you're flipping it. But if you, in case, decide to uh, purchase the property with the 
intention to flip and then you post and you decide to hold it and rent it, you need to go back and revisit the cost segregation part of it and split it. And of course, like I said, you know, hold, rent or sell. In some situations, they may decide to just hold it or wholesale the deal, right? So it all varies um, on when they buy the property with the intention to flip. So sometimes they may do a whole renovation or they somebody may come down and say, hey, doesn't matter, just flip the property to us, we'll do it. And maybe at that point for the client, it may just be the right solution for that specific property. So it all varies on uh, the investor who makes crazy uh, deals all the time. Because yeah, there's, there's there's not a one size fits all uh, right. type of type of thing for you know because you know coming at the at the end here they can be like oh I, I think uh, the market's not ready for me to sell I'd lose right. um, you know maybe I want to hold on to this now you have to right. shift gears and and go into a rental situation um, right. and then then that that opens up a whole other uh, can of worms uh, so to exactly. speak but just <laughs> true all right. So what people want to know, <laughs> how do I set this up in QuickBooks? Um, <laughs> now you, you, you typically will use QuickBooks desktop for, for most of your, your clients, correct? Or, or do you, right. do you prefer the, do you have one preference over another or uh, which do you, uh, which do you find that works best for you? Best for me is the desktop. I have more flexibility. I can save so much time just doing the, entry and double checking the reports. It's so much easy. The reporting is fantastic. You know, you can customize almost any kind of reports from there. And it's very easy for us, you know. Um, So, but we still have QuickBooks online clients who are married to that. And we have started since three years, we have started heavily investing in QuickBooks online, but we still crunch when it comes to reporting. So we are building a reporting app uh, for that as well, for all kinds of businesses, whatever we can. So we are in the process of doing that. Anyway, going to five things you should avoid in QuickBooks. Never use the property names in your chart of accounts or an individual person's name as in your chart of accounts, right? Locations do not work for flip properties. Because if you go to Home Depot um, and you spend money on two or three properties and you're entering that in QuickBooks, you would have to split that transaction into multiple line items. Now, you cannot split those line items and you cannot tag locations for those split line items, but you can with classes. So it doesn't matter if they have one bank account and they use the money for 20,000 different properties at the same time, it's easy to use the class feature. You, do you find that classes is kind of like your go-to feature uh, for, for splitting things out like that? Yes, definitely. Yeah, so so I, can, I can definitely see why uh, my desktop is, is more preferred uh, because of, the way that it can be classified, uh, you know, one side or the other, um, as opposed to locations versus class tracking in, in QuickBooks Online, and only the line item detail can be classified in in QuickBooks Online, um, and then you uh, your balance sheet by class is not as robust as uh, as it would be in in desktop. That's another kind of one you're talking about, don't you, my class? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> so, I didn't mean to. Uh, <laughs> we don't want that. to touch that in this session. <laughs> that would be a whole different one. But QuickBooks Desktop and Online, we'll have to go back. QuickBooks Online and Desktop has the class feature, right. both of them, uh, just to so know. Uh, we do not use the bounce check feature at all because it puts a journal entry and it does not have a class feature and just does not do what we want. The same with transfer fund feature. Credit card payment, we don't like that one line, the way that QuickBooks Online brings it in. We believe in entering a check 
or an expense, depending on the desktop version, is the check and the QuickBooks Online feature. We use the expense feature to enter a credit card payment and transfer from one bank to another or any other accounts as well. Yeah, but Betty asked, uh, is there a limit on classes in desktop? I There is a limit. I think it's like 10,000 or something. I mean, it's like ridiculously high, even not in the enterprise, right? Right. So enterprise, QuickBooks Enterprise is unlimited. Uh, the class is, I think, 10,000 or 14,000 collectively. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's There's thousands of class. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, 10,000, Candice said. That's great. Thank you, Candice. So, you know, we use, you would not believe, QuickBooks Pro for 5,000 properties mm. for one client. And we have no problem with it. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it because we inactivate things, there's a lot of things that they do because they have subcontractors. They don't do all the work in-house. So that's the difference, right? If they're doing the work in-house or they're subbing out the work. If they're subbing out the work, it's very few transactions. If they're doing the work in-house, you have, you know, employee time, you have uh, materials for each different segmentation and so forth. So, And the, the, the suggestions that you're making here is like things to avoid is the reasons behind all that is there's, there's specific functionality that is missing by those, by those features that you, um, that you found that works better if you do it the, you know, quote unquote manual way, right? Right. Yes. Yes, and reporting makes it simpler also when you don't use those features. Okay, so let's talk about this uh, this chart. <laughs> expenses <laughs> not related to properties. Right, we talked about that, right? So expenses, there are overhead expenses, which I said that real estate gurus do not teach investors or tell them to take that into consideration. So what happens at the end of the year to those overhead expenses? You need to look at it a different way and talk to your client. We, You need to split those overhead expenses between the properties. So there are multiple ways you can do it. I'm just going to mention two or three. You can... I split it towards all the properties that you held for the whole year. Or you can take the basis of the property and split it according to the, uh, you can split the overhead expenses according to the basis of the property, right? So you need to bring in uh, the first year is very challenging because the client does not have any clue on the overhead expenses that they have to split it, right? So you literally have to sit down and show them what their numbers would be when you split it one way or the other way. So make sure you talk about that overhead expenses and you need to keep it separate initially for any expenses that do not, is not related to any specific property. How do you find out what the split actually is? Um, like what, what reports do you find? Is it this, uh, you know, you create your own um, or is there some canned reports that, that will help you find out what that split actually is? Right. So, you know, to get the split to know the basis or uh, what the value of the property is or how much you sold it for and everything else, you need to pull out a report. If you have sold the property, it's by profit and loss by class. Excuse me, because we use classes. Oops, excuse me. And balance sheet by class if you have not sold the properties. Got it. All right. So here's uh, talk, talk us through some of this uh, setup. So, um, you know, some of the, the we had a little quandary or question about, you know, not using 
chart of account names, what you were referring to there is don't use the property name in the chart of accounts, but instead you would use it here in the, in the class, right? Right. So you don't want to duplicate things, right? You don't want the property name in 10 different ways, right? Even yeah. though if you have to create some setup, we may you need to use it, but you know, you want to use the property name only once. Okay. Um, and the class is the best way that we have uh, successfully used it so we can get all the reporting that we need. That's the key, reporting, right? It's not about re-entering the data, right? It's about how can we get the reports for any purpose at any given point of time. So uh, we do not use job. The reason we do not use job or we do not use tax for each and every transaction is when you enter a transaction, only class will give you that preference of setting it to bug the hell out of you that you did not enter the class name, mm. <laughs> right? Job does not give you that. Right. And you cannot get a report for uh, in desktop for jobs, which does not, uh, you cannot get a report for jobs for a transaction that does not have a job name, okay? So really, if when you're doing your yeah. month end or you're doing your review, how can you tell if that transaction has a job name or not? But in classes, and, we can. Yeah, and then you'll have the, the reclassification tool right. that you can then go back and, and then re-add that. If you if you were using this with jobs or sub-jobs or projects, right. um, the, that would be a manual process or, or some other way that's not in QuickBooks to, to be able to, to update that in, in a bulk fashion, right? right? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, we talked about QuickBooks Desktop has the limitations for enterprise, it's unlimited, but for QuickBooks Online, uh, plus, it has 40 yeah. That's locations combined. plus classes. Yeah. And then advanced, it has unlimited. Right. Um, but we lo love the advanced feature uh, for QuickBooks Online Plus as well. So QuickBooks so Online the, advanced. With desktop, you have desktop items and products and services. What do you use? Uh, what, do you, what do you set those up? How do you set those up? The properties as well? Or is it something else that you used to track in the item list? So uh, my way of thinking is my profit and loss and balance sheet should be one, one and a half to two pages, no longer than that, right? For any business. So we keep the, um, as you know, I'm not a nosy. Uh, we keep the devils in the details as items and products and services. So today somebody may come in and say, you know, you have plumbing, you have, you know, roof, you have appliances and so forth. All the details of expenses would go under as items and products and services for us. So we can get that detailed report at the same time, a summary report when you look at profit and loss and balance sheet. And you create them as you need them right? Even though you may have a standard uh, list, you start from there and then you add and delete as you need. Job costing, again, you know, I practically do not like that feature for the flip industry or developers and for developers and for rentals, as a matter of fact, in real estate uh, because of the class feature that gives you that pop-up, hey, you did yeah. not enter um, the class. Yeah, and uh, Elizabeth actually brings up a really good um, uh, uh, aspect of that. The, uh, you know, the reporting in, uh, in for projects in, in QuickBooks, especially in QuickBooks Online when it comes to project job mm -hmm. costing, uh, it pulls from the accounts. So now you're looking at the reports needing to pull from the account and then you're back to the no-no that you just said, don't use right. the properties as, <laughs> as the account. So 
<laughs> so, true. um, so that is, uh, that's, uh, you know, that's a good call out there. So yep. it all, it's all, it's all gelling together. Now. It's yeah, it does. It takes a while, you know, um, you know, like we have said, Rome is not built in a day and, you know, working with clients on going nonstop with the same industry has its little advantage because then you make your own processes, your own checklist on your own procedures to make it happen, right. which so, keeps it easy for you. Right. <laughs> and by setting it up this way, then you're, you're, it, I mean, the dev, you, you said the devil's in the details, but those details are going to show up in the reports. Right. right. So you're going to, these are your, your go-to reports uh, when you're, when you're, you, when you're working this way. Yep. Yep, exactly. Profit and loss by property, that is by class, balance sheet by class. You will have to customize each report. Uh, like I said, we are building a app for that right now. Um, for reporting, I'm giving in. I'm going to invest that money for my clients. And we will save approximately 10 to 20 hours a month checking reports. Nice. Uh, if we have that reporting, you know, module ready. So we, we are still debating, you know, uh, what to do with it. But estimates versus actual uh, is really handy if the client agrees to it. But we don't have that option in QuickBooks Online at all. And that is yeah. very frustrating. Uh, and <laughs> devils is in the detail. Be nosy. Be noisy. If you want to keep that client and, you know, you have to be. And when they pick up, when they call you, pick up the phone, even if you don't have the work done. You know, it just takes a second. Um, and my clients say, hey, we love you when you pick up the phone. Even the, when I call them and tell, when I pick up the phone, I'm with a client, I'll call you back. Or I just text them, right? Of course, I never give out my personal cell phone number. It's always <laughs> my business line. Protecting and privacy. it's not that they cannot Google me and get my cell phone number. But it's always my business line, which has a text uh, capability. And no instructions go in the text messages. Hey, give me a call. That's about it. Hey, tell Gita to give me a call, right? So my team has access to it. And they'll say, well, Gita is in a meeting. She'll call you in half an hour for five minutes. She has only five minutes before the next meeting. Things like that, right? So... You know, but don't take their instructions on changing something by text. It has to be either email or in whatever process and procedures you have built. Again, you need to cover your your own process right. <laughs> as well, right? <laughs> yep, yep. So you know, uh, you focusing on the on the desktop, mm -hmm. and you're kind of like the hub of of uh, of the desktop you've you've built a process um mm -hmm. so that it, what works well for you and what i really admire about what, the way you've you've decided to you know address this niche is right. you've come up with your, some of your own solutions uh for your own problems you know so you fix your own problems as <laughs> as you're coming across but uh talk a little bit about qbox and some of some people that may or may not know about uh, what mm -hmm. qbox is and, and how that works so QBox is um, where you can share your QuickBooks desktop files uh, with you and your client or your whole team, right? Uh, it is, you can al always use hosting, but that did not uh, fill the client's pocket because they had to fish out another $55 to $60 per user. So they said, what is the cheapest solution? So that's what we do. We use Quick uh, QBox right now all across with our team and our clients, and we are good right now. But as we add on more and more clients, we are thinking of uh, switching over to hosting. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that I have to learn uh, where some of them already are on that point where they are hosting all the QuickBooks data file, right? Desktop files. So we yeah, love QBox. Yeah, with QBox, I, I kind of uh, compare that to like a library book, right? Like you can yeah. you, you can check it out. Uh, right. And while it's out, um, mm -hmm. you your, your client can't get into it or, I mean, there's ways around that. But, um, you know, while you're in it, it's locked out. 
they, right. you, you got to leave their, their company file for it to go back into the library and then they can download it and do their work there. So it's a, it's a great way to collaborate without, um, you know, cohabitating. Right. So one thing I didn't mention, if we are offering bookkeeping and controllership services to our clients, they are not allowed to enter any transaction. Mm. If they enter a <laughs> transaction, we charge them $100 a transaction. I've Ooh. collected $200 so far. One client learned really quickly. And That's he a sent penalty. Me, yeah. And he sent me a testimonial, which I send it to my new clients after one week after they sign and we start working with them. That way we know we have him. So we use his, use his name and send it to all our clients. So that is like, I've got good comments on that one. So where do we keep all the documents? In HubDoc. You know, HubDoc is, is there for a reason and we don't use it to the fullest as HubDoc is developed. We use HubDoc as a document management software, period. You know, we don't sync in all the bills or the bank statements. I don't care because it is does not work 100% of the time uh, for us. So all our clients upload all the documents into HubDoc, whether it's desktop or online. And I don't care what the cost is at that point. They, my clients pay for all the softwares that we use. So if today they say, Gita, we don't want to work for you, we don't have to spend more time for offboarding them. Do you see what I'm saying? So they pay for it. If they want to go away, let them go away, right? Um, and I do have a video which I created for client facing. If you guys want, uh, you know, how we use HubDoc, um, I can uh, send you a link uh, for YouTube, but you will have to send me an email on that uh, so we can send you the link. Okay. Um, communication. Uh, we used to use RingCentral, Glip with RingCentral, and they changed their app and it was a disaster. So in the middle of the tax time, we switched to ClickUp. And yes, we did miss entering two vehicles as assets. And it was caught by the CPA when they were preparing the tax returns. So you see, we are all humans. We all make mistakes, right? We just have to own up to it and go with it. So we started using ClickUp and we dumped it down. We, we have not made it fancy at all. We really dumped it down in so much that the client doesn't have to learn a software, right? They need to click on that task, answer it, and change the status after they are done. Now, I, have these, a, um, I have these real quick questions here. On, on, and then all these are good questions that are, that are coming in here. And we are kind of running out of, a little bit, almost out of hmm. time here. Um, hopefully I can get these questions over to you. Nita. Maybe you can address some of them and maybe we'll, we'll, we'll follow up with that. Uh, but this one yeah. here, you know, is, is, is pertinent. So, so for these uh, apps that you use for yourself, do you ro just roll that into your service fees or do you find that, you know, billing for them, what they use is a better, better option? So ClickUp is, we pay for ClickUp. Because it's our private communication, right? We are. You have a license for that, yeah. and that's. It, it, no, it doesn't matter. the The question is whose documentation it is. What is your proprietary? Is it the client's proprietary information, or is it yours? So documents is the client's, right? All the documents belong to the clients. You can't withhold any of their documents. So they pay for HubDoc. ClickUp is mine because we are initiating it, initiating the processes and the questions and the procedures. So that's what it is. We pay for ClickUp. But the reason we went with ClickUp, there's only one reason. So the client could create a task. We didn't want emails to come back and forth. So the ClickUp was, they had to be able to create a task for us. And that's why we stuck with ClickUp. We looked at 
10 to 20 of the project management uh, softwares, but we could not find anything. Import Home Depot purchases, we created Hammerzen because our clients wanted to import the purchases into QuickBooks. Uh, I know we are running out of time. So quickly on that one is you can bring in items, their purchases by items. And it remembers, it has the AI uh, functionality that whatever you do, it remembers for the next time. And you can uh, map it to jobs and classes as well for QuickBooks Online and Desktop. Let's roll on to the next slide. Okay. I can't run the poll. So let me Ita, see. Can I you can... launch the poll? <laughs> Yes, I can. So overall, uh, what is your comfort comfortability <laughs> with setting up flips and investments in QuickBooks? Uh, but yeah, we have tons of tons of questions coming in the the, the chat and the QA. Uh, just hopefully we can get to some of them. That's good. <laughs> hopefully, I'm not going to get struck by lightning. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, let's see here. So. Oh, I just lost. So does Hammerzen work more than just Home Depot, like Lowe's or um, others, uh, or is it only Ham Home Depot? Only Home Depot so far gives you the job names. That's the property names, right? If you know that Lowe's and Marnard's or any other company does that, send me the statement and I'll definitely create one. The main goal was so they the clients could cost segregate and map it to each property. That was it. So yeah, green bag does it, but they bring it in as only one item. It's a little bit different, but you should check out green bag as well uh, to make it easier for you. So the poll was 35% said they're comfortable uh, 20% said they had done it before, not sure. And few of them said, you know, they have no idea where to begin. <laughs> you know, get a client and you go from there, right? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, sink or swim, uh, you know, surround yourself with those kinds of clients and then you'll <laughs> you'll figure it out really quick. Or, you know, right. you, can, you can bug Gita. And, uh, <laughs> anytime, anytime. Clear, clearly, she doesn't uh, post her, her cell phone number, but it is Googleable apparently. <laughs> from, <laughs> but you have a you have a website and, and, a, and a niche ebook that is a great place for some people to start. Uh, we'll, we'll have that link uh, in the, the links in the handouts. Um, and then you've created uh, all sorts of courses, right? As, right. On your on your website. Uh, being able to take people through these uh, these processes, right? So something actually just fell off the wall. Uh, <laughs> it's I really hope everything is okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and then and then here's a here's a um, here's an email address uh, for, for for Gita. So if you have specific questions, um, you can reach out to Gita as well. Right. But I was I was interrupting you. <laughs> that's okay that's okay i'm also a quickbook solution provider you can always partner with us as well to get the lowest price for the uh, software and make commissions while you sleep uh, for payment solutions and payroll services enterprise point of sale and so forth but reach out to me i know uh we have some time i'm not sure but you know uh, use the other poll a uh, next step after seeing this webinar, what's your next step? If you're interested in real estate, always reach out with questions. Not a problem. Uh, uh, yeah, our, our question, uh, always from our from Rick Yesup up in Canada, do you work with Canadians? Yes. We, as a matter of fact, I am international. I travel also. Well, not with pandemic, but I have traveled uh, 10 times so far internationally to help clients. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. All righty. So, of course, we've got some upcoming events, um, you know, with our our new um, new new webinars coming up. And I'm sorry, I think my headset uh, 
conked out in the middle of <laughs> middle of the webinar. Uh, but again, we'll try to get these uh, get these questions over to Gita and find a way for her to be able to to answer that. We'll probably put those in the in the Facebook group. So keep a uh, keep an eye out for those. Um, and of course, we want to thank Gita for her time to be uh, just joining us here and, and sharing with with our audience. Um, and uh, again, thanks thanks again for joining us. Uh, any closing thoughts from you, Gita? No, uh, I really appreciate um, you know giving me an opportunity to share my experience and my you know some of my procedures and secret nuggets. Uh, to other advisors, you know, it's, it's great. I appreciate it. And yeah, if you send me the questions, I can create a quick video on it and answer it and send it to you, Dan, if you want to share it. Okay. Yeah, that would be, that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, so again, thank you for joining us here today and we'll look forward to seeing you all on the next uh, QB Power Hour, making a statement with Money Thumb. Thank you. Bye everybody. We hope you enjoyed Bye. listening to the QB Power Hour podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group. You can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.